All right, our next guest in heavy rotation uh, when it comes to epidemiologists, infectious diseases, physicians. Uh, I like putting like putting smart ones on. I like putting practical ones on. He is Dr. Suman Chakrabarty. It's great to have you in this morning. Let's talk about uh, last night. It, it, it felt like a win. I know you mentioned it via your social media. What a, what a good night Halloween was. Uh, your kids had their first ever Halloween because they didn't go out last year. Uh, I, I think we can be a little bit victorious and celebratory for how well it went for all of us. Yeah, we haven't. And, you know, I, I will uh, admit, uh, uh, perhaps a small well of a tear came into my eye just seeing, uh, you know, my kids uh, so excited about that candy. It brought me back to the 80s when I did the same thing. And, you know, I think the the big thing that I saw is really community coming together, people being happy. Uh, you know, yeah, that was the odd uh, person wearing a mask here and there, like the medical mask. But for the most part, people were really happy to do this for the kids. The kids loved it. Uh, there was energy in the air again. My community, uh, my street got back together. Mm-hmm. It was nice. And just, you know, I, I hope to see more and more of this stuff going forward. I'm sort of, you know, I'm trying to, you know, there's nothing we can do about the past. There never is. So I'm trying to, you know, be optimistic about what Halloween was for kids and, and, you know, families and and parents of young kids like yourself. I'm, you know, my kids are in the twilight of their Halloween year. So they both went out one, I think trick or treat and the other just wandered around uh, to see what happened. I'm hoping he's not, not doing that in five years when he's supposed to be in university class, <laughs> but whatever. Um, but nonetheless, like I'm trying to be like happy it's here this year and not worry about what wasn't last year or what Christmas wasn't last year. And, and, it's tricky, right? But uh, but I think, you know, you got to have that balanced approach to look at. We just have to accentuate the positive sometimes. If we drown in our own bad thoughts uh, for the last 20 months, we don't get anywhere. I agree with you. And I think that was part of the thing with the, with the, uh, the Halloween this year, just kind of understanding what was going on, feeling it, like getting back into that spirit that we haven't had in two years. And I'll tell you something. I think that, of course, we all know we're a social species, good to get together, but I forgot how much I missed it. Just these little things. And uh, yeah, you know, I think a lot of good has happened in this uh, fourth wavelet, we'll call it. I think it just, especially in Ontario, gives us some, some uh, um, cause for hope going forward. And I think that's what we all need right now going forward and going into the light uh, as uh, things will really, really start to get better, I think, in, in, in uh, the coming months. Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, our guest, when we would talk in the summer, even June, July, early August, and we'd talk about our vaccination rate, which was great, and and uh, fortifying our, our neighborhoods and our communities with, with high vaccination levels, and we, you and I would talk about Delta, um, clearly it was something to keep an eye on, but I would say that of the people that, that I talked to on the radio, like yourself, I wouldn't say you were one of the ones least concerned by it, but but you didn't see a doom and gloom September. No one's doing a victory dance. No one's, you know, mission accomplished, not by any stretch of the imagination. But what were the things you saw, I, I guess I, I'd ask, that didn't make you stress like others did about where we'd be with cases and hospitalizations and, and maybe even locking down again? I never saw it and you didn't either. Yeah, I would say that, um, of course, I, I agree with you. There's no victory lap here. Just things that I was thinking. Uh, first of all, I think that uh, at that point in time, I forget the exact number. We were approaching like 70% of people uh, vaccinated with two doses. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you think to yourself, that's going to be a big wall of immunity. That's the one thing. The other thing that I think that really uh, set me off is uh, working in Peel. We have a very concentrated amount of COVID transmission that was occurring. And if you took out the GTA 
from the third wave, for example, there wasn't that much activity around the rest of the problem. There was, but it was very, very quick. Not this ongoing transmission that's been there the entire pandemic. And that made me think, you know what, I bet you there's a significant amount of post-infectious immunity in this population that's so concentrated. I think putting those two things together, I was really wondering, maybe we'll see a wavelet. I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. And I happen to be right I might not be right in a couple of weeks, couple of months, but the point is I do think we have a significant amount of immunity and that's what we're seeing with this blunting uh, in the fourth wave. Yeah, we would talk about that acquired immunity um, and and I think people, that's almost a better term to me than than uh, you know natural immunity because that makes people think, well, no matter what I do, where I go, I, was, I just got you know superior DNA and I was born this way. Well, we don't want anybody to think that uh, because you naturally want people to get vaccinated. And and you pointed out a study, I think a Lancet study earlier um, on Sunday that documented with how Peel got hammered in the second wave and the third wave, um, essential workplaces were still open. People were still having to go, you know, from point A to point B on, on commutes, on crowded buses. That's, you know, as, as unfortunate as that is in the second and third wave in those communities, Mississauga, Brampton, that probably fortified the level of acquired immunity in those communities to make the fourth wave well, well, just, just less uh, less notable. Definitely. And if you're seeing a pattern around the world, places that have not gotten a lot of COVID transmission in the past waves, they're, they're kind of uh, having a lot of that now. Because the, if you look at two different places, both of which have 80% immunity, but one got really shellacked in the first couple of waves and one didn't, you'll see the latter does worse because there's a lot of people that are susceptible that are that Delta is able to burn through. Delta is really the great equalizer here. And I think that with the amount of transmission we've had here in the GTA, especially Peel, I think that accounted for a lot of post-infectious or acquired immunity uh, in the community, even in the people who are unvaccinated. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. I still want everyone to get vaccinated. I would like if we could prove people that got COVID before to get just one dose. But either way, immunity is the way out of this, whether it's from the vaccine, whether it's hybrid or it's from being exposed. What do you see out there? Um, I suppose I'd ask in, in the media when it comes to the idea of boosters. I know the province is going to lay out requirements for boosters. Uh, we're already doing uh, some healthcare workers are already doing uh, my father-in-law in long-term care has got his third shot. But that's a real this is a really important thing because we're going to wind the clocks back to March and have people kind of pushing over each other and confused about who should go when and even maybe arguing about who should go when. What should people, what do you see, uh, you know, in terms of a, of a requirement right now um, for people who are, who are going to, there's going to be a domino effect of people just starting to ask about it. Yeah, you know, I would say, looking at this discussion, I'd even take a bit of a step back and go, you know, what are we worried about here? You know, I think that the booster discussion has essentially made a lot of people think the vaccine doesn't work, or it's no longer effective. We have data right here in Ontario, BC and Quebec. Even people, healthcare workers who got uh, vaccinated back in January, like I did, December and January, three weeks apart, you know, you still have good protection, excellent protection against severe disease. Can I get a cold or a sore throat from uh, COVID if I get exposed? Yes, I probably can at this point. But will I be in the hospital? Very, very unlikely. And I think this is what we have lost in the discussion. I think it makes sense to exactly as you mentioned, long-term care profound immune suppression, and perhaps individuals over the age of about 60 to 65. But I think this idea of giving, for example, a 30-year-old healthcare worker um, the vaccine, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. But this has been the narrative that we've been running with, and people are really, really worried about the vaccine efficacy, and they don't have to be.
They don't have to be. Dr. Tuman Chakrabarty, our guest on Toronto Today, Global News Radio 640 Toronto. A couple more quick hitters before we go. One, um, the, the vaccine and obviously the 5 to 11s. Uh, we're still waiting. Maybe this is the week. We saw it last week approved for emergency use uh, in the United States. And, and the concept is later in the week even, shots may go into arms by potentially Thursday or Friday. I know it's one thing that the U.S. were ahead of us uh, in terms of vaccine uh, you know, uh, distribution and approval early days back in the new year and late 2020 we don't want to be too far behind them one week is fine we don't want to be struggling five six weeks after watching it work in the states and, and still waiting for it i agree now i do think that the um uh, approval is likely going to come pretty quickly you know at some mm-hmm. point in november this is going to be a bit of a different thing though we have to remember that each medical intervention has a risk benefit analysis and the risk benefit analysis in children is very different and i think that uh, uh, dr moore who announced i believe it was last week that uh, he's not going to mandate it this actually makes a lot of sense because while i do think that children can benefit from the vaccine they also have a very low risk of any kind of major complication or severity from covid and that's why i think because of this wide amount of vaccination we have in the province in ontario I can speak for the best. This has now become a personal risk assessment. And I think this is the way that it, sh- it should be for this particular vaccine for this age group. I do think it should be a choice too. And uh, I- I'm sure I get stick for that. You get stick for, for that opinion. But but I'll tell you, if it, we, I do, we didn't mandate 12 to 17. We didn't. And, and if you're not going to do that with kids that might be out a little bit more, working part-time, uh, sleeping over more often. I, I, I didn't understand that with the public messaging, especially from the city of Toronto, that just let the 12 and 17s, just left them alone for the five or six months that the vaccines were available. And then there's a news cover. We got to get five to 11s done. Hurry up. We got to get five to 11. That, ma- that makes people suspicious. That makes them worry at their core. I agree. And I think that the, the thing is that I get it. Listen, I have two little kids third one on the way in a couple of months. So I get the uh, anxiety of having your kids sick, but I think that when you take a step back and look at the situation, if you look across Canada, uh, in all of 2020, there was something like 200 kids, uh, if maybe a bit more admitted to hospital. And the majority of them had things like obesity, uh, neurological issues and respiratory issues. I think it's important for us to target the vaccine to those children targeted to people who want to get it. But as a widespread type of intervention, I think it doesn't make a lot of sense and small risks like the potential risk of myocarditis all of a sudden becomes important, especially when the benefit from the vaccine in that age group is very could is likely very small. Dr. Suman Chakrabarty, thanks for all that straight talk. I'm glad your Halloween went well uh, with your family, and uh, we've got many, many better days uh, and weeks ahead. Thanks for sharing your insights with our listeners. I always appreciate it. Always great to be here. Thanks for having me. Take care.